You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, Zinger Nation. Happy, what day is today? Wednesday. I'm losing track of the days now. Today is Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Kahn, and Dennis Dick. Whew, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about earnings, obviously, right? Nordstrom. We had Dix. Dix is just drowning in cash, it looks like. We're going to talk about um, AMC and GameStop from yesterday. We want to talk about rocks. Uh, Ether rocks specifically, but I guess they're clip art rocks. Uh, we, we, I think I think you guys have some questions about the rocks. We'll talk about the rocks. Uh, two guests on the docket today. First up at 835, Craig Johnson, managing director uh, and technical market strategist at Piper Sandler. And then at nine, uh, we'll have Peter Schur on the line. He is the head of macro strategy at Academy Securities. We will take questions from the chat. And we got a lot to go through. So let's get right to it. Smash that like button. Joel, how are we doing this morning in the overnight market? Uh, flat here, uh, down uh, three quarters of a handle. Uh, new old time closing high, eighty two fifty. A uh, little over a ten point range. I uh, couldn't take out that interday high from yesterday, nor could we take out the daily lows. So, consolidation decision time here in the market. Uh, crude up forty cents at sixty seven ninety four. Uh, trying to get into that sixty eight handle for the first time since mid month. Uh, gold being gold, eighteen hundred. That's a level. It's down twelve fifty, seventeen ninety eight. Silver twenty four. Can't get through that round number. Down twelve cents, twenty three seventy seven. Bitcoin just sliding. Nothing major. Down seven fifty, forty seven thousand four eighty. Ethereum going the same way. Down ninety one. Uh, let's call it ninety two dollars at thirty one. 
26. So where should I put my NFT rock on my on my wall, Dennis? Where where do you think it would be? Wherever, I don't think you can put it on your wall. You oh, you can't can? put it on your computer screen. Yeah, it's digital, Joel. It doesn't go on your wall. It goes on your phone or it goes in your photos or it goes wherever you want to go. Uh, but, you know, it goes there and you better protect it as best you can because apparently it's worth $1.3 million. What are we talking about? We're talking about Ether Rocks. And it says, it right, it says it right here. It says it right here. These virtual rocks serve, all caps now, no purpose beyond being able to be bought and sold and giving you. They didn't even spell bought right. Be brought and sold. Oh, you're right. Where is that? Where... <laughs> is this their actual this? site? Yeah. yeah. Let's this, see. Is this the actual site of the people who produced this? They didn't even spell it right. Where's it at? Where's that at? Bro, bro. Oh. No, is this just, is this from the actual like creators of these ether rocks? This site? Is this is it. They can't even spell that right. Spelling is never part of the game. Okay. Uh, oh, we, I, oh, I, oh man, I think we should stop talking. Oh yeah, about I want right to put now. all my money in this. Oh man, I sold. They I'm give you a strong sense of pride in being an owner of one of the only 100 rocks in the game. It's not like anybody else is going to create more Ether rocks. It's not like we have a whole another chain of Ether rocks coming down the pipeline. No, no, that's exactly the point. I mean, there is there are only uh, yeah, yeah, they can always like drop more rocks, right? right? Ain't there any more rocks coming? I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's <laughs> no, going to be another it, whole 100 rocks coming. Let's look at how cool these rocks go. Where's the $1.3 million one? Uh, wait, where's the tweet that I have? Oh, wait, you guys can't see my screen. Hold on. I have to, I have to reshare my screen. This is the one that uh, uh, was, half, it was half a million dollars uh, from over the weekend. Let's see. Oh, oh, but that one has eyes. Yeah. That's got laser eyes. I heard laser eyes are really cool. Yeah, they are cool. Okay. Well, then that kind of makes sense. Oh, that one's wow. got laser eyes. That one took him three minutes to create. Where's the one? Uh... Did Spencer, did little Spencer do that one or Natalie? What? what he, did little Spencer he, do that one? You're Spencer or Natalie? Exactly who, made, you, no, who made that? I don't know. I wish that they would because I wouldn't be doing the radio show right now if I was selling all these rocks for a million bucks a piece. <laughs> no, I'm not involved in the production of Ether Rocks. Sorry, and neither are my kids. Can you um my big dream. Maybe is, one day my maybe one day my child will have a job creating ether rocks. Can you skip them? Like in on the water. I, I Joel, maybe you can <laughs> skip them virtually, and that's probably a million dollar idea too. Like getting a, a use purpose. Like you can see your ether rock has a flatter surface than the other ether rock, so it will skip across the water and you can see how many skips you can do. There you go. Genius ideas here again for the NFT creators out there. We got to get the games that the rocks can play. Skipping, stoning, whatever else you do with a rock. I guess you could build your virtual home from these rocks too. So maybe they do serve a purpose in the ether world. I'm, but again, I just don't know about the whole scarcity thing. They like to pawn it off that it's one of 100 scarce rocks. But we know somebody else is coming with another creation of a whole another bunch of pet yeah. rocks. Yeah. They, they're only, as I said before, these rocks, like the whole thing is a joke. It's a game. It, imagine you're on the playground at recess, right? And you decided you've come to a mutual understanding that for the moment, these rocks are cool. That's how it is today. Tomorrow, someone might decide, no, 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 rocks aren't cool. Sticks are cool now. 
And now you don't eat, your, your, your rock is worthless. Now you, now you gotta buy a stick. It's the same thing as that. It's the yeah. same, it's the exact same social construct. The only reason these have value is that the person's buying it for $1.3 million believes that somebody is going to buy it for $2 million tomorrow. And they absolutely may be correct. Yeah. At one point in time, it will drop significantly in a hurry. All of these things, and obviously they're not traded, but you know, there's going to be at one point in time, somebody stuck holding the rock, we will say, instead of holding the bag. But at one point in time, they will get stuck. I don't know at what point in time that's going to be, but I mean we're at a we're at a, a point where you know that's obviously you know you can say that's artwork, but you know the Beeple thing that went for like sixty five million dollars. That person worked, I heard, years on creating that piece. It looks like these rocks were created in less than five minutes. So you're gonna pay one point three million bucks for something that somebody created in five minutes and, and a digital thing that uh, I I don't know that go at it. You know what what's that uh, Dan Nathan say? Have at it. That's what I'm going to say. I'm taking your words from you, Dan. Have at it. I'm out. I don't know where the top is, but I'm not putting real money, $1.3 million into a virtual rock. Sorry. It's the same. It's not that different from the same concept as AMC and GameStop, right? No, it's not at all. There's a lot of comparisons here. Um, But the one thing I will say is I think AMC and GME have more value than those pet rocks. At least these are companies. So if if a pet rock, a, a virtual rock that was created in three minutes, can sell for one point three million dollars, why can't AMC trade with a thirty five billion dollar market cap? So we're at that world. If if your stock is disconnected from fundamentals, if your virtual NFT is disconnected from any fundamental thought, I mean those prices can go anywhere. And we've been saying this about AMC and GME; they can go anywhere. The price can go anywhere. I don't know the path. I do believe eventually these things end in tears. But who knows the path to get there? And obviously, the path is never straight down. I mean, if stocks, if you shorted stocks and they only went straight down and they never had any wicked little rallies in there, it would be the easiest game in town. Shorting is not easy. There are wicked rallies like yesterday in AMC and GME. Is AMC going to 100 bucks? It could. Is it going to 200 bucks? It could. Is it going to five bucks? It could. I mean, it can go anywhere. I, I, I trade AMC and GME against each other as pairs because i wouldn't want to own any of them like and obviously you know you can't trade them perfectly but we talked about this on saturday that you know there is a relationship here between amc and gme that statistical arbitrage traders and quantitative traders can take advantage of you definitely see when amc is a good day gme has a good day you can look at these two charts on top of each other and you know what they kind of look similar put them beside each other this is you know where i make my money by the relationship between AMC and GME. Am I going to go long AMC and put in my long-term account? Never. Am I going to go long in GME and put in my long-term account? Never. Am I going to short these things? Just naked short. You know, it's just like everyone. Just like, no, I'm not shorting AMC because it could rip my head off. So I have no positions in these, but I sometimes do pair trade these two things together. So putting them together sometimes gives you an opportunity. Sympathy plays. There's different types of trades you can do on these stocks. But if you put those two charts on each other, there is definitely a relationship, which you can clearly see between AMC and Jimmy. And yeah. that is exploitable. Uh, just a quick note. Um, my niece's boyfriend was a rock skipping champion. They have a rock skipping championship. You got to see if they can skip right. the NFT rocks because 
normal rocks, Joel, are not cool. Only NFT rocks are cool now. Listen to Spencer's schoolyard theory. Right now, if you're picking up a rock on the schoolyard, that's not cool. You've got to pull out your iPhone and look at your rocks on your computer because that is what is cool right now. Just dropped my phone. It broke probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, let's go. People are getting sick. We have to go on a rant here. Bottom line, I have no idea the path of AMC and GME. I thought I was bearish at 20, I was bearish at 30, I was bearish at 40, I was bearish at 70, I was bearish at 60, 50, 40, 30. So now I'm still, I'm still thinking I don't want to put my money in it. Does that mean it can go to, it's going to go straight down to 20 or 10 bucks? Obviously not. Is it going to go to 70 or 100? It could. I'm not putting my money where my mouth is because and I have no idea. How many, it's random walk theory in AMC. How many people are like half paying attention and are waking up this morning and they say, oh my gosh, AMC was up to 40 to almost $50 yesterday. Let me get in right now. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Hey, Dennis, should you There's give away the secret sure. sauce FOMO, here? FOMO. Lord Jam is asking how you pair them. Do you want to give away the secret sauce? Well, there, you no, to... if you're pair trading something, it means you're buying one short and the other. But I'm just saying, I trade a more sympathy style. Yeah, exactly. So, and I had a real, you know, when the when the short squeeze stock started, remember three months ago. Yep, I could see Bed Bath and Beyond blast off. And what did I do? I went and bought like 25 of those that short squeeze stock list. Yeah, you know, the Bed Bath and Beyond was the the. How'd you hedge that, that one, Dennis? I went Workhorse, <laughs> Clover, you know, all of those. And like I said, on the Workhorse, I made. I think it was like 25 or 30% in 30 minutes. And I took it. And then the workhorse goes up like 100% the next day, and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> so I take the first few bites, you know, because I recognized it faster than most people. But I got out way too soon. So and that's what I always do. I always, always get out way too soon. But you're just exploiting a, the relationship between the two stocks. If GME started to roll over, I probably would try a short on AMC short term. Am I holding a hold in the long-term account? No. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to stop myself out. Whenever you're shorting a stock, don't let it get away from you because it can really get ugly in a hurry. These are short-term trades, and you stay small. You don't get big enough where you're going to actually be impacting price or having trouble getting the liquidity to get out of it. But, I mean, yesterday, when AMC in the afternoon, when you started seeing AMC start to blast off, there was probably a decent opportunity for GME to follow suit. And you can see AMC blasting off through 38 and 40 around 130. And what's GME do? All of a sudden, they start doing the same thing, 190, 200, 210, 220. These two stocks do trade together. There's definitely a relationship there. Yep. And if you don't know how to find stocks with short interest, you can just go to highshortinterest.com is one way. Anyway. And, and those stocks were hot yesterday. The high yeah. short interest stocks, they have their moments and they started to get high yesterday. Does that continue indefinitely? No. But does it continue for a couple of days? It could. Could be trendy. Um, lots of different opportunities. Lots of ways to make money in this market. Uh, but, you know, just flat out, you know, just holding, you know, an NFT rock at 1.3 million, hoping somebody pays 2 million for it sounds risky to me. So I'm out on that strategy. Or it sounds like money laundering. Let's move on. Uh, uh, there could be some of that involved in there too. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk fundamentals and earnings and all that? All that yes, fun stuff? Yes. 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 Dick Sporting Goods. Let's go to oh, a story. Oh, I had on my head. Dennis. I had Dick Sporting Goods story Unbe- is Unbe- nothing Unbe- short of absolutely incredible. You go back to two years ago, and the stock has always been a pretty good stock. It's always been a pretty good company, even if you go back. But they they have benefited from COVID. You know, this, the outdoor stores and Jason Rasnick with the call on our show probably nine months ago now um, on all of these outdoor plays. I mean, this has just been an unbelievable uh, move for Dick Sporting Goods. And justifiably so, because these fundamentals are nothing short of incredible. 
This report was pretty mind-blowing here. So their earnings per share was over $5. Estimate was at $2.70. Sales beat 3.2 versus 2.8 billion. No surprise, the guidance came in well above estimates. And when I say well above, I mean like their EPS guidance for the year was like $3 above the estimate. Uh, while they're at it, they're like, hey, we got a lot of cash. We got to do something with that cash. Let's uh, do a $400 million buyback and also announce a $5.50 special dividend. Those are the dividends. They're special. It's the mindset of people after COVID. And I have that mindset to a certain extent, too. Um, It's the YOLO, and you can't take the money with you either. And people are looking and saying, I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy my home. I want to enjoy my area. If I'm not going on vacation, I'm going to go buy a boat. If I'm not going on vacation, I'm going to go buy, you know, whatever outdoors, you know, new trailers and tents. And you need all kinds of stuff from Dick's Sporting Goods to do fun outdoor activities. And a lot of people are doing fun outdoor activities. So it's a whole change. And you know what? People start doing fun outdoor activities and start saying, oh, I like doing fun outdoor activities. And it starts changing the mindset, not maybe permanently, but for longer term. And right now you're seeing that people like doing fun outdoor activities. And that's why Dick's Sporting Goods direct beneficiary from the pandemic and this stock has went now from the covid lows of $13.46 to now $128 and you could say it's overdone you can say it's overbought sure it is but the fundamentals are backing up this price you know in the case of some stocks that we just talked about there is no fundamentals backing up the price the fundamentals are fully here i mean what are they supposed to make this year what are they projecting to make now spencer uh, earnings per share, yeah. mid, mid to high $12 range. Well, 13 bucks. So it's trading yeah. with a P of 10. Is this as good as it gets for Dick Sporting Goods? Maybe. <sighs> but I mean, this is still just an incredible story. And am I chasing it? No, I don't chase stocks. But wow. Um, you know, stocks make new all-time highs. I'm definitely not shorting it. Uh, this stock it's off got a good the name, mo- too. Off the mo- I, I- what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the throat Triple D sporting goods. Um, off the market. used to say, "Is that your dad's store?" Yeah. Like, no, no, it's not. But the I wish uh, it was. off the March low, it had one, two, three, four, five up months in a row going into September, and then it had three months of consolidation. It was just flat, 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 and then it's had one, two, three, four, five. So this is the seventh month in a row. So this thing, and if I could show you on the screen, here are the three down months. It went 5788, 5665, 5681, 5621. That has been the correction in Dick's 40 Goods. Hard. I'm not calling the top in this one, folks. I am not gonna do it. I refuse to do it. 12870 is the pre-market high. Uh you know, if you have some options, if you got the 130 calls, you're still out of the money. If you got the 120 calls, I don't know what you paid for them. Uh, a couple days left in the week, uh, but um, it just keeps on going. Uh, what it got? New York stock. Uh, it's traded 300,000. I don't know if there's much in the book here. It, this is uh, 128.70. Oh, 128.75, pre market high. That's mm-hmm. all I have for you, folks. J- no idea where to buy this thing. JGIV is mentioning Academy Sports ASO. That one's trading up this morning. Hibbit. They'll be up in sympathy. All trading up this morning. Yep. Yeah. Your outdoor sporting goods stores. There's probably a half dozen of them out there. ASO is a good one, too. Um, Probably all going to trade up in sympathy, especially Uh, if they haven't reported yet. Even Foot Locker, who reported last week, they're up this morning. 
Oh, the people need to wear shoes. Uh, Mitch gave us a chart this morning. Uh, look at this big, big, big five sporting goods. Look at that little chart there. Same thing. These are, these are, and it's going to be trading up on the sympathy too. I mean, now actually that one's pulled back quite a bit. I know. I know. Wow. But it had a big run. It went from It had a big run, but it's zero, pulled back yeah. into trend. I mean, you go in the it outdoor did. and you draw, you take your Jeff Mackey. Hey, Jeff. Uh, you take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon, draw it perfectly purple. on there. You came right back into the trend line, the longer term trend line. I'm looking at the bottom right corner if you draw that perfect. I'm trying. He's even got I'm... the purple one. Jeff. We're giving you the big shout out here. Is it purple for Jeff? You guys are come on every it's time. Purple. We got it. We bring Jeff on. Has it's Jeff Jeff? You, you try to get him on. I tried a couple times. He, he shouts out to us every once in a while because some yeah, of us follows me. He's say, probably hey, got that about your pre market prep. He gives CNBC, CNBC exclusive. So we no, he's not. He, they, no, he's never he got the boot anymore. Yeah, I remember he got the boot off fast money because he had that one little segment. Jeff. Jeff is Jeff's hilarious. I love. Let's that. get him. All right, all right. you I'll, reach out I'll, to him, I'll Spencer. You I'll guys get Jeff do. back on here. We use the Jeff Mackey purple crayon religiously. Okay, we got to get. It's one Jeff of the Mackey. best trading strategies there is out there. The Jeff Mackey purple crayon. You just take your purple crayon. It's got to be purple. You draw your perfect purple trend line there, and you buy it when it comes back to the trend line. You know what? It, BGFB just did. Now you're breaking out over twenty five. I actually like this idea. I I don't. And on the backs of Dick's Sporting Goods, if Dick's holds up here today. I would not be surprised if this does break through 25 here today. So I like this chart. Um, Wrote when, it down. BGFV. What? Uh, when do they report? Good question. Good question, Joel. Let's look it up in the handy dandy Benzinger Pro BGFV reporting earnings on. They already reported August 3rd. Ah, we like it when they have. Is there any sporting good store chat help us out here that has Hasn't not reported, reported yet? Because they will get more of a sympathy move than the ones that already reported. Yeah, Hibbit. Hibbit's Friday. Hibbit. Oh, we got to get to Rev on, too. Hibbit. Hibbit. All right. Joel, Hibbit Joel, Rev's Joel, been all over this. Joel, you're reaching out to him. Look at the Remember the Rev gave us this one at like nine bucks? He gave yeah. us nine or ten bucks. This is well he before did. COVID. Yeah. Yep. Did he give us this nine bucks? Ten right, bucks. A long this time a, ago. This is a ten bagger. I hope he the, still The has Reverend it. gave us this, the 10-bagger. He was loaded right up. The Reverend's got to be doing pretty good, man. And this bull run, because, you know, some of these stocks have really ran. Hey, bet. Okay, let's go. Well, it's not a story of every retailer trading higher this morning, because go look at Nordstrom. And Nordstrom, this was a great report. This is objectively a really, really good report. Uh, EPS was good. Uh, they blew it away on that. Sales was good. Their guidance was good. They raised their guidance. They raised their guidance for the year. Victim and... of reporting last. Jeez. Victim of the bar being set so high by Macy's and Coles. So high that Macy's and Coles have been running and running and running. And Coles has been running and running and running. And JWM has been running and running and running. They ran up six bucks ahead of their report because everybody's expecting them to absolutely crush earnings you know what they kind of did but you know what it still wasn't good enough and it's come all the way back down so absolutely a victim of reporting last after two awesome macy's and coles reports you pair traders out there these three stocks i've paired together since birth macy's coles and jwn (laughs) they are very much related to each other so as you see coles and macy's taking off like that you automatically think that the, the the bar is going to be raised. And JWN did run because of those two stocks. And now it comes back down. So now you'll see some separation for a little bit. Eventually, they will get relinked up. 
Would I buy the pullback on Nordstrom? 32 is huge, maybe. Oh, I'm just going to say Nice that. level. I, might. I don't think you see it. I don't think you see it. I think some people are like a big sigh of relief here. But out of the... favor. There's no sigh of relief from the longs. I'll tell you that much. No, 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 no. But, I mean, if you didn't have – if you've been long this thing big time and you didn't have, like, scaled-up offers, like, going up, like, what a whole number. Oh, it happened to stop at 40. Oh, that – what a coincidence that is. I mean, if you weren't scaling up into that, then I don't know what you're looking for in taking profits. Uh, just kind of quiet. Uh, Pre-market low is 3305. Uh, mentioned that 32 level. Maybe, I don't know. I can't say we're, we're not going to test that pre-market low, but I'm going to be 3233 is buy zone for me uh, in this one today. And also moving forward, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on the shopping list too. Ooh, interesting. All right. We I have got two for my shopping list for today. We got, yeah, we got two on Joel's shopping list. All right. Yeah. What else is on the list, Joel? Yeah. Give it to me. Uh, no, that's it. You guys just gave me. I get all my okay, ideas. So recap. You have two. What was the second one? Big five. Yeah. Problem is they already reported. So yeah. that makes me a little less bullish, but I don't know. It would be nice if they hadn't reported. I'd like the, I the Hibbit and the Hibbit's run. Do you, do you want me to tell you the retailers who have not reported yet? I, it's Is there not, any other sporting goods stores that haven't reported? Besides Hibbit, not really. We, we're still waiting on uh, the Gap, so no. not That's sporting. a sporting goods store? No, 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 no. I'm saying not He's sporting. moving just to retail. I'm just going general retail here. Um, no, there are really are no sporting goods. Just Hibbit. Uh, just like Big Lots and which is uh, not really sporting good. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. No, Burlington's Thursday. No, How I, is old Burlington? Burlington has some. How is Burlington? Burlington has some active wear. Every time I look at that, I think at a new old time. Huh? You know what? It's uh, true. It's absolutely true. Uh, Burlington Coat Factory, which I'll always call it Burlington Coat Factory, even though they changed their name. This stock has just been a monster forever. I always say it's because, you know, they let the, you know, they, they, the place, <laughs> so if you go in those stores, it's some, somewhat destroyed. It's a mess. It is a it's mess. a mess. It's a mess. And I always liked to, when, before COVID, when I actually went to stores, I'd always like taking my kids to Burlington Co-Factory and I could let them play in the whole toy section because my at, at the time, Spencer was like four and Natalie was two. And they would absolutely just destroy the toy section. But at Burlington, I didn't even have to pick the stuff up because it was already destroyed. <laughs> like I'd go into toy, you know, into a different toy store and it's like, oh, they're taking stuff off the shelves. I got to put it back on. But three quarters of the stuff was already off the shelves. So I just let the kids run wild in there. So it's fun. Like Burlington Co. Factory, and the prices are cheap. You walk out of there, and they get a five dollar toy, and they're all smiles. Yeah. Oh, you've upgraded from garage sales buying your kids. Oh toys no, we still go to Berlin. garage sales. Actually, you don't we, even have garage we, sales. Well, anymore, with, really? we didn't last year because of COVID, but they do this year. And we actually went to the first garage sale. I was actually just going to my parents' place, but on the way. There was like a bunch of toys thrown on the front yard, and Spencer's like, "I want to go there. I want to go there." I was like, okay. "You got a condition." All baby. right, so we pull over and we get stopped at the garage sale, and they both bought—I don't know—he bought a little motorcycle toy, and Nally bought a little dollhouse, and they left all smiles. I mean, you, you, five, you, five bucks you, goes a long ways in the year. You did it stuff. right, man. My kids, my little girls, when they—they want—they want sushi, and they sushi, want, yeah. And when they were little kids, yeah. Lisa turned them on to that. I'm Holy. like, are you kidding me? I mean, they don't. Gotta me set the bar lower. Uh, lower no. bar. Sushi, it's good for you. Keep uh, the bar yeah. low, Joel. Yeah. Sushi. No. Yeah. Now when data like she's I coming over, like I'm sushi. like, I'm hitting you. I'm hitting up your credit card on this one, man. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. 
Well, there is one more retailer. Chad, we did wear masks at the garage sale. So he was saying Delta, the rest. Yeah, we, we masked up at the garage sale. The kids too. There was one more, I guess two more retailers that had earnings overnight. Urban Outfitters and Express. Uh, I don't know. And Express is also sort meme of. Stock. It, yeah, it's like part meme stock as well. It, it's not always a meme stock. It, 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 some days. What, what is this symbol? EXPR? Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah, you're correct. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't a meme, a meme stock. But anyway, the Express numbers were also good. Right, their EPS, uh, their back to profitability, their sales came in above estimates. Um, you know, uh, and they say their uh, their guidance, their net sales for the second half of this year uh, are comparable to two years ago. Show so, me eight fifty in this one. Uh, Pre market high eight twenty, spike up. Uh this was back at the end of. Uh, End of June, yeah, a little spike eight sixty seven. That's what you. That's my target for that today. Okay. Um, there's a few other retailers that got dropped in the chat. Restoration Hardware uh, is getting is getting some love from Stonebridge. Stonebridge, no, I'm just saying in in our chat this morning. Oh. Um, so I figured. What did they report? Did they report already? Yeah, they reported. Look at the chart. They reported on. Oh no, they didn't actually. They're coming. Yeah, they report on. Go to my pro, RH. Um, their last report was on June 9th. So they're the stuff in this story, Joel. You often we often say it looks like it came from a garage sale, but so, they sell the that they've got to figure it out because they sell this antique looking couch for like ten thousand dollars and looks like you know it's twenty five years old. But people like that stuff. I yeah, never I, have figured out their RH story. It's always mystified subscription. me. Subscription. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's always mystified me, but the stock just continues to perform. It's been in consolidation station here for the last better part of the last six months. Probably going to break out again. Probably going to be a C a thousand. Why not? It's come this far. I I have never understood the appeal. I go into that store and I was like, I would buy nothing in here ever because one, everything is too expensive, and two, it all looks old. But some people like that. Yeah, they report. Uh, I don't have a confirmed date, but I uh, it's not probably not till September. So they're all they're way late. Anyway, uh, let's let's move away from the retail. Um, even though that was people happening. asking BB Rocket and Seeker both asking it. This is a meme stock as well. It yes. does trade like a meme stock, and when AMC and GME start going, BB goes too. So not surprising. BB has a great day. Why? Because AMC and GME had a great day. No other reason. They are it moves with AMC and GME. These Reddit stocks, which didn't say always meme stocks. Some of these are Reddit stocks. They're not but, even um, all. They're not even all Reddit. It, 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 Reddit meme. I'm putting it. Putting it on people will be mad at me for that, but I'm putting it together. There's a group of them. There's probably a list of about 25 of these stocks that all move together pretty closely. The big ones, obviously, and Bed Bath and Beyond is on that list too. Sometimes, but AMC, GME, BB have always somewhat trended tended to move together in the last few months. The key word is sometimes, right? They're at 30 and got triple B Y. They jam it through 30. Get out big of the level, way, big Get level. Get out of the way. Is Get there out of the right way. Here? If you're trading BB, if you're trading BBBY, if you're trading Wish, if you're BY. trading this BBIG stock, you got to keep an eye on what AMC and GME are doing. Have those as your leaders. If AMC and GME continue to build on yesterday's gains, those stocks will go higher in all likelihood. If GME and AMC start to roll over, then these other meme stocks, these other Reddit stocks will start to roll over too. So they are absolutely your leaders. So if you're trading BB, you're watching the action in AMC and GME very closely. 
And someone dropped in Rocket. The key again, the key word here is sometimes because Rocket was for the briefest of moments of meme stock, but it is not anymore for whatever reason. So uh, it's still in there. I had a good day yesterday too. That was not coincidental. It went up eighteen. It went it went up three four percent yesterday yeah, at the, the It went up in the morning, and the the other stuff didn't go until the afternoon. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a lag trade here. Maybe Rocket could go here today. Keep an eye, AMC. Keep an eye on AMC and Jimmy. They move around. Rocket moves in that category too. Yeah, okay. But Rocket has fundamentals behind it. Like the Rocket is actually cheap, and I'm still saying that they should put a dividend on that stock. And I think you'd see the price reprice. Fundamental traders would be like, oh, I have a dividend now. I'm getting paid. So I'll keep saying it. Rocket should in, should uh, put in a, uh, a regular dividend instead of having it zero. UWMC is one. Rocket, give us a dividend. Um, someone is asking about what happened to Sava. There was some negative, uh, I think a short report out yesterday. And, and, oh, really? And, and the company- After hours? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if, if it was actually a full-on short report, but it was some negative commentary. And, and actually, Sava responded. If the company responds like that... It didn't respond well, it doesn't look like. Right, but if the company comes out and responds, that that, that tends to... I feel like that sometimes gives the... The negative comments a little bit more credence as opposed to if they ignore it. Maybe. I don't this know. This stock, Crazy. Joel, is like one of the most dangerous stocks, man. <laughs> Look at the move it had. You know, we know we talked about it back on July 29th. We talked the movers and went from 140 to 100, and then the next day was 65 bucks. It got cut in half in two days. Then it built on this rally for literally the last three, four weeks, bringing us all the way back to 117. They pull the rug out from under it again. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I want no part of this stock uh, because um, for the simple reason, could it bounce? Yeah, maybe it can bounce. 80 is huge. You know, it's oversold maybe overnight here, but I'm not going to put this and pull on the rug out for under 2 to 31% when just did it three and a half weeks ago. Same thing to you. So it's a tough stock, a tough stock to be invested in when they're just going to want to fall 30% on, you know, somebody's comments. Who was it? Who did I actually, don't, I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Who. I have to go hunting. I haven't even yeah. looked up the story. And this, Hunt. I hit my filter all night, but I was like, that's too wild. I'm not trading. I never looked any further. It's like the number three trending stock this morning behind yeah. we've seen GameStop. Well, it's also- Allegations regarding scientific integrity. Ooh, oh, that. that's not good. There's claims posted online. Um, yeah, but I don't actually know where the claims are, like, who the claims are from. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Whatever, neither here nor there. Um, anyway, eight thirty. So that's what that's what the, the deal with Saba this morning. That's why it's uh, it's down thirty percent, give or take. Uh, your number one loser this morning is S A V A. Tempted. Uh, I don't know. I will just say there's a three low zone here between seventy. You've got to give a big zone in this one, right? There's a three low zone between seventy five and eighty two oh nine. So seventy eight and a half. If I if I was short, I'd put a bit out at seventy eight and a half. What, Full disclosure, no position. One thing too wild for me, man. One oh, yeah. Want to take a quick second here to wish James Santangelo a very happy birthday if my oh, nice. soundboard was plugged in. I would play. Oh, you we don't have the happy song. birthday song. Well, we do have it. It's just not plugged in. Joel sing James- for him. Yeah, Joel sing him happy birthday. Does yeah. James live in Michigan? Is he a Michigan man? I don't know, James. Are you a Michigan man? Let's find out. Anyway, uh, okay. It is eight thirty. It's eight thirty-five. Just about. Let's bring on our first guest today. He's he's here in the in the uh, 
in the studio. He's backstage. Craig Johnson, managing director, technical market strategist at Piper Sandler. And he just, I think they, they just put out their latest commentary overnight. If I'm correct, Craig, good morning. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Good morning. Thanks for having me back on the show. How are you doing this morning? We are doing pretty good, all things considered. Um, stocks at all-time high. Well, not all stocks, but markets at all-time highs, S&Ps at all-time highs, NASDAQ's at 15,000. Yay! Um, let, let's, start th- let's start there. Let's start with yep. the broad market. What do you think of, of that fact and, and the fact that a lot of these stocks are, are frankly not at all-time highs? And just right. throwing in, yeah, the breath there. Are you yeah. worried about it being six stocks, Craig? Sure. I mean, it's been a pretty sweet summer. And by the way, that's what we titled our uh, informed investor publication this month. You know, so long, sweet summer, as we did see the broader market up kind of mid to high single digits over the last three months. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But over this entire period of time, while the SP has made its 50th new high yesterday, okay, we're on pace for 3.3. Every 3.3 trading days this year, we have made a new high in the S&P 500. Wow. So the last time we saw anything like that was back in 1995 um, when we made 70 and change new highs that year. Uh, We're at the exact same pace at this point in time. Now, does this sort of advance bother me? It, It does bother me a little bit because it's been so good. It's been such a great summer, and now we're heading into some of the more uh, seasonally challenging months of the year between September and October. And to the point, uh, you know, Joel, that you were making about market breath, I mean, anybody that's been looking at the internals of this market knows that the internals of this market peaked in February. We also saw the uh, CQQQ peak in the February timeframe, the XBI peaked in the February timeframe. And the Russell 2000 has been stuck in a pretty narrow trading range for multiple months now. And if any sort of break below 2130, I think is going to be uh, a market that probably has a little bit of a sell-off start to play out. But I got to tell you, it's innocent until proven guilty, until you break that 2130 level on the Russell, or you break the uptrend support line for the S&P 500. What, why do you pick on China and biotech specifically there well take a look uh you know can we pull up the charts on these we can 
Joel, let's start with China. We'll start with China here. The uh, yeah. KWAG or the CQQQ. Take a look at the CQQQ. And let's look at this uh, on kind of a longer, uh, take a weekly or a, a daily time frame, if you would. And you can see that uh, that has been very so, much in a downtrend for a very extended period of time. And people are trying to trade this in here. But you can see that back in February is exactly where we saw this index peak, just like the internals of the market and just like you saw on the XBI. So, I, like you said, most areas in the it's not just this, it's not just XBI. Most areas in the market seem to, with the, with the exception of the big four or the big five fang stocks, right, peaked back Correct. in January or February. But, but you're not changing. You're still bullish here because, like you said, until we break down, there's nowhere to go but up. Correct. And if you look at a chart of the Russell, uh, if you pull that up, Joel, or the sure. S&P 500, either or, you know, I just look at this and say, hey, we've got to look at this until you finally break below that 2130 level um, on the uh, S&P or on the Russell 2000. And I know you pulled up the IWM, the ETF on it, but until you break that level, you got to think about this as, as innocent until proven guilty. And I, I will tell you that the internals are deteriorating, and you just have to keep in mind that tops are not single-point events. Never have been, never will be. Tops are always going to be processes that take time to play out, and we've got to work our way through all that kind of a emotional, emotion, sentiment, and right now, People want to buy stocks, and you have a lot of individual investors out there still wanting to buy stocks. And I tell you, when I look at our data, and again, we're looking at everything in the marketplace. I mean, my new high to new low ratio over the last 26 weeks has been getting increasingly skewed toward uh, stocks and groups that are making 26-week new lows than stocks that are making 26-week new highs. I mean, we got to pay attention to these kind of things. How but do you break this mentality though of buy the dip because this market has been rewarded again and again and again you get a 10 percent sell-off in something and then you know they come in they buy the dip and it comes back i mean this is market you know obviously s p is the same thing pulls back one two three percent and they can't wait to get back in money managers seem to can't wait to get back in how do you break that mentality to ever get a 10 or 20 percent correction when you have too much so many money managers jumping when we pull back three percent and and might I add, you have $4.1 trillion of cash sitting on the sidelines, and it has only been going up over the last uh, five to six weeks. And how do we change that mindset? I think you, you're not going to change that mindset until you finally break below that 2130 and really scare people. And five times we've come down to that 2130 on the Russell. But it's going to be a price break is what it's going to have to ultimately be. But keep in mind, like this is playing the game. Uh, a play, it's, playing a, it's almost playing a little bit of Russian roulette because every single time that we've come down to that 2130 level, and again, people bought it, it bounced, it worked, the internals have gotten worse every single time. So whether this is the period where we finally break that to be determined, 
But again, the other thing for all traders to keep watching is on that Russell 2000 chart, if we don't get back above the 50-day moving average in the next several sessions and we stall at that 50-day, I think that's going to be a little bit of a warning side for traders to be taking some money off the table. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little confused here. I'm trying to understand. Are, are, are you bullish or are you bearish? Because you keep talking about the, the internals getting worse and worse, but at the same time, and we're coming into you know what is historically a down part of the year. Um, I'm trying to understand here where, where you're so, coming. So my year-end price objective for the S&P 500 is 46.25. Oh, I've got 3% upside. Okay. Okay. Does that make me tremendously bullish when I've got 3% upside? I'm kind of looking at it and saying, I think we got a reasonable target, but is this a market that's a table pounding buy in here? Probably not. Again, I think you got 3% upside. And when you come and you look at the internals of the market, they've been getting worse. So we've got to pay attention. I think we've got a good target. It probably gets hit. But again, it's not a lot of upside from here for right now. Do I define myself as bullish or bearish? I kind of define myself as more kind of agnostic to this market, following the trends. They're moving up for the for the S&P 500, but the Russell's a trade, not at, not at this point in time, and that's it. We're on the line with Craig Johnson, Managing Director, Technical Market Strategist at Piper Sandler. Uh, if you were listening to this show back in uh, March and April, uh, Mr. Johnson uh accurately portrayed where the market was going to be going uh, really with really good predictions. I just want to ask you, help me out here. Uh, you know, we had the reopening stocks and we had the stay at home stocks. There seems to be a lot of separation here. And, uh, you know, the, these uh, reopening stocks, I mean, they've had substantial sell-offs here. Uh, Car Carnival Cruise Lines, uh, Royal Caribbean, the airlines can't get out of the, you know, can't get out of the way. Uh, what's your, what's your take is, you know, have we had some kind of separation here and what's your take on the reopening stocks? Yeah, I think, I think this market is getting further and further concentrated into the big four or five stocks out there at this point in time. And these reopening stocks, whether it's Las Vegas Sands, whether it's going to be, you know, the Hilton hotels, whether it's going to be uh, the airlines at this point in time. Yeah, they're all rolling over which suggests that this reopening uh, trade is definitely losing some momentum and losing some speed at this point in time. So those aren't areas where I've been tremendously excited. In fact, if you go through and you look at what is working in the market and you see things like Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer and some of these other areas of the market doing well, I don't really define that as offense. That feels like it's more defense. Yeah. In the way the electric utilities have worked, I would define that as more defense than it is offense. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's a couple other charts that I'm watching. Is there any way that I can throw up a screen for you guys? Yeah, hit that. You got a share button. screen button at the bottom. Okay. You see where it says share screen? Or so right. It just says share. And then uh, you'll get a couple different, you'll get choices. What do you got, like nine, ten screens there, Craig? We have we have a few. <laughs> we have a few. So let me see if I can throw this one up here. All right, let's see what one we second. got. So I want to, can you see this on your guys' end? Yeah. Oh, nice. All right. So this is the book we just published last night. So you guys get a sneak peek preview. Nice. But there's a couple charts that I want to show you that I think are really important for all your listeners out there. Okay. Take a look at this chart. Growth versus value. Huge discussion across the street on this. So when I look at a ratio chart of growth versus value, I've observed that when rates have been moving higher, the risk for the ratio chart 
uh, rolling over, and you can see that the market's been shifting back toward this. So it's been this negative correlation between rates and growth versus value. So if this is going to sort of play out like we've seen before, all your listeners need to pay attention to when rates are going to move up, you're probably going to shift back toward the value trade. And I think at this point in time, if we're going to get tapering from the Fed, the odds are that rates could definitely move higher. Okay. And it's an inverted correlation between treasuries and this growth versus value trade. So just to repeat that, as rates go higher, the value trade comes back in favor. Correct. So that's the thing that need, people need to watch because I got to tell you, that would be extremely painful for the street and for all traders out there at this point in time because we were very much in a growth mindset coming into the year. It flipped the value. It was painful. It then flipped back to growth. Yeah. What if it flips back to the value side okay. as rates start to go up? And you can see from the correlation work we've done that it is inversely correlated. I mean, it fundamentally makes sense, too, because if you've got rates going higher, longer term rates going higher, that means these growth stocks that are making earnings in the future, those future earnings aren't worth as much as the value companies who are making money right now. Correct. So this is something to watch. And what I'll be looking for on the chart is any break below the 40 week moving average that we've got plotted in here to really come back and say the value trade is coming back on. And by the way, the last time we did this kind of growth, value, growth, and then failed was back in 2002, 2003 period of time. And I think we all know what that period looked like. So again, not putting myself into the bullish or bearish camp. I'm a little bit more agnostic because I got 3% upside, right, to my target. Go, well, back. You, Go ahead. You, if you're going to think the value trade's coming in, I mean, you can look at the autos, you know, General Motors and Ford, where they're trading with P's of five and I think eight respectively. You know, Toyota's come down recently, Honda Motors. I mean, we have hammered some of the value stocks here, and, and that's probably been hit with a little bit of the reopening trade too. Would yep. you be looking at these sectors as opportunities? Because if you think the very rate's going to go up and if you think the value trade's going to come back in the favor, there's a lot of value in some of these traditional automotive makers. There is, and I will just say that uh, I actually called some of those out uh, in this month's publication oh, right excellent. here. I mean, look at the consolidation we've been in there. These traditional automakers are starting to break out the new highs. I'll zoom into it so you guys can see it. And look at the relative strength inflection point. Again, these are our own proprietary charts going all the way back to the 1960s. So you're not going to find this anywhere else. So I'm glad I can share with the listeners here this morning. But also look at a chart like Tesla. I mean, look at this consolidation, this reversal starting to happen. The relative strength hasn't been great as of late, but... I think this kind of pullback is a buying opportunity. Oh, Ken. Now we're getting somewhere, Greg. Growth, right? growth autos in there, too. Yeah. Now, also take a look at you know some of these other pieces, too. Like, look at steel. Okay, We got a huge infrastructure bill that I hear might, might get passed. Oh, yeah. I thought it was passed. I'm so confused. From the House, <laughs> but now they got to get it through the Senate, and they got to get through guys like Joe Manchin and stuff like that. So we'll see how that plays out. But you go through and you start looking at these steel groups domestic, we're breaking out of a consolidation range that we have been sitting in since 2009. And look at the relative strength and look at the momentum. It's quite strong. I mean, why would we not look at things like steel dynamics in here? I mean, it looks pretty darn good. Should be bought. Okay. Craig, where, where, does, uh, where does gold and Bitcoin uh, fit into in this scenario? 
you know, Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, gold has not been working very well. And uh, give me a second. I'll bring that chart up. Uh, let's see. That's going to be about page. Well, here's here's gold right here, right? Like we're just sitting here making these lower lower highs in here. And I've got a MACD signal that's been flip-flopping back around, but it's that just not doing a single thing. So I look at gold not working. If I go through and I look at uh, the cryptos right here, here's Bitcoin. And I look at Bitcoin and I think that the lows have already possibly been made. And I think you're going to be starting for a next leg up. And let me just show you this chart too. I can find it. I got it somewhere here on my desktop. Are those all your screens? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before you leave, go off this. This is a 310. Whoa. That's a 310-page report, right? 310-page report is correct. Yeah. How, how long does that take to make? Did you do that all yourself, Craig? No. We've got a great team uh, here in uh, uh, the States, and we also have a couple great uh, people that work for us in uh, Chennai, India. And they do an awesome job, and our team works literally uh, seven days a week. All right. So wait, what is this chart now? What... This is a chart of Bitcoin. This is a, uh, a daily chart. And I just point out to people when you look at Bitcoin, because everybody's wondering, what do you do with this stuff, right? I look at this and say, we pulled back to that 78% sort of retracement level. We found support multiple times. I look at this and say, when we finally started moving above that 47,000 level yep. on BTC, we're starting our next leg up. And I think you're going to go back and retest those old highs. And again, look, I'm an active investor in not only uh, Litecoin, but ALGO and some of these others out here. And they've all done very similar things. Retrace back to that 78% level. And I think your listeners all know I actually mine Bitcoin in the basement of my house. Yeah, we, we remember. We remember. Yeah. So I think this is going to be this is going to continue to keep working, and as you continue to have more crackdowns in China on the miners, this mining stuff is is uh, is going to move to the states, and I think you're going to see more of your listeners, you know, tuning into this stuff and participating in some of the mining. It's just the equipment's expensive to buy, and you got to let your wife know you're going to spend a lot on electricity. <laughs> I can't let you go, Craig, without asking: Have you bought any uh, Ethereum rocks yet? I have not okay. bought any of those. I've been primarily focused on Litecoin, ALGO, and any of the tokens that will pay interest on Coinbase. And we did highlight Coinbase in uh, this month's publication, too. And again, from an individual, from an investor who didn't buy Microsoft, who didn't buy Tesla at the offering, who didn't buy Amazon, I'm buying Coinbase for that simple reason. It seems like there's something really changing here with the environment. And the chart also now looks like it's bottoming out. What about the competition? And I've always been skeptical here because I think a lot of competition will be coming for Coinbase. Um, you know, even Robinhood is competition for them as well. Are you concerned about competition eating into their margins? I am not concerned about uh, Robinhood whatsoever. Robinhood is, uh, in fact, uh, primarily the people have only been trading uh, one particular coin over there, which yeah. is Dogecoin, and I oh, yeah, Dogecoin, and I just don't think that that is the uh, the end all be all. And I would also just say that uh, let's see where I put this Coinbase chart. I'm sure I can find it quick, but yeah. But my point is, um, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Some of the things that we've been showing in terms of uh, Coinbase, like 
you've got a cold wallet over there. You've got the custodial business that's taking place. I don't see a lot of other places offering cold wallets where you can really keep the stuff offline. CNBC had a uh, discussion yesterday about Coinbase hacking and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw that. I've been, hacked, I've been hacked twice. What? I've been hacked twice. Okay. One was when the uh, the exchange down in New Zealand went under, when oh, they had intermixed wallets. Yeah. Okay, so lesson learned on that one. And then the other one was over um, at the exchange up in um, up in Seattle. Uh, they were like, oh, you've been hacked so sad, you know, $20,000 out the door, and uh, they could care less that it happened. Um, so you didn't get the money back when you were. Oh, you'll never get the money back. You, you know, doesn't this worry you though? Like, this is why I'm so scared to, you know, be fully invested. Like, you know, and obviously I can play Bitcoin in different ways, but I get scared to come in and just, you know, you know, and maybe it's not Bitcoin or any of these others because somebody hacks in your account, runs away with your money, and it's just gone. Well, right. You know, when I called Bitrix and that's who I got hacked with for twenty thousand bucks, they're just kind of like, you know. So sad, you know, it was uh, your fault. And, you know, you have no idea at that point in time whether it was an inside situation, truly an outside situation. You have no idea. Right. But at Coinbase, you can at least put this stuff into a cold wallet. It takes 48 hours to get anything out of there with two email verifications. I'm not going to get hacked again. So if you want the safest place to put your money, it's going to be Coinbase. And again, that's where I put my uh, mining into and everything else. And any listener out there that's not using two-factor authentication with your crypto accounts, just just take your money out of the market. Period. Okay. Just that's stop. Great, that's great so, advice for, 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 for that's great advice. <laughs> just stop. You're 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 insane, and you should be using two-factor authentication. So this uh, person who got hacked on CNBC that they were featuring yesterday morning, this person didn't have their didn't have a protected correctly two-step yeah. two authentication is that was that Correct. the problem that that that's that's uh that's that's a problem and that's you know coinbase tells everybody two-factor authentication you should be doing these things you should be changing your passwords you should be doing all these different things again they're not doing it they're not using cold wallets they're not doing those things leave what you want to have out in coinbase pro to trade but then put the rest of your money into the cold wallet if you're just going to hold it and stake it and sit on some of those coins. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, we need to kind of have a little bit of ownership of this ourselves. Craig, what do you got on the wall behind you? And do you keep that up there or do you have to kill us if uh, those charts? <laughs> not at the window. That's the right secret. behind you. Oh, you to- on the whiteboard. Uh, on the whiteboard, I, I kind of put phrases up there that I like to keep thinking about, like HLTR, high-level trading ranges. Um, you know, I put other things up there where I think about, okay, if you're going to take, if you're going to be wrong on a stock, don't be wrong for long. You know, I like, to think oh, of, I like that one. I um, like that. And then that picture you see above, uh, the very top picture up there, uh, that is a chart of the crash of the market, uh, back in the 1920s. Little secret. If you flip that chart over, it is actually signed by every legendary technician in the world, Ooh. but don't tell anybody that I didn't Fine. sign that. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't get Joel. Not yet. Not yet. Not Craig, yet. Craig, say hi to Opie for me, okay? I will say hi to Opie for you. I'll chat with him here this morning. Okay. All right, Craig Johnson, managing director of Piper Sandler. Craig, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. Great stuff. Someone was asking where, uh, where, where to get those charts that Craig just put up. Uh, that is a Piper Sandler report that didn't even go out yet. First of all, 
That's wow. what, it's what Greg I'll have to pass on pre-market prep um, right here. And that is a is a report that they will send to their clients. Um and and you just saw some of it here. Put uh, some money with Piper Sandler. That's what you hey, need hey, to do. Here you go. Here you go. He's yeah, into everything. Wow, new factor authentication. Some fantastic calls. Wait, forget all the stock market stuff. The, the biggest takeaway from that two factor authentication on your on, on your email, on your brokerage, on your on your Apple, everything on your bathroom door. Everything. We are everything. going to we are going to two step authenticate authentication. Whatever the word is. Whatever the word is. To get into the pre-market prep uh, yes. show. That's yes. what we got to factor authentication for everything. <laughs> on your on your computer. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. 8.37 here. I see Peter Tur, uh here. He'll be on with us in a couple of minutes. Guys, um, anything we need to talk about yet? Final thoughts? Tickers. Ticker. Two minutes of ticker time here. Yeah, Give me not a ticker much. or two or three, and we'll try to fly through them here in the next two minutes. Tickers. Okay. Let me try ones that we haven't talked about a lot in recent days um let's go through here um eh, i I don't know if james is is referring to like triple d as in like the stock i think he is well how how was triple talk that one it started well you know what and and this is obviously a gross story not so much a reddit stock but we have seen it on reddit before you're getting a little life here last three days showing some life Problem is, you're kind of no trend, though. I mean, you're just in the middle of nowhere. So you got up to 31, 32. You got bag holders from the big gap update. What was the big gap update from 28 to 40? I don't remember that. Was that earnings? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. It, it yeah. Was, so you got people there. bag holding from the earnings report here. So it makes it a little tougher. I think you have another buck or two upside potentially, but it's not It's not easy sledding. That's that's not an easy sledding chart. Yeah. If they, if they didn't go and get it going yesterday... I don't know what the chances bit. are. Yeah, a little bit. 30.42 was a high yesterday, and I see this other high at 30.78. So somehow, if they can manage to bust it above that 30.78, uh, things open up to the upside a little right. bit. First things first. Tiger Woods in chat asking about Corsair. Tiger, we talked about that yesterday, so, so, so go to yesterday's show for that. Let's look at um, Eli. Speaking of Tiger Woods, Callaway Golf, ELY. No, this is another Jack- outdoors play. Yeah. Mm. Have they reported? Uh, you, yes, they have. They reported like a month ago. No, like three weeks ago. You had the capitulation sell-off there four days ago when it got down to 26.72. Now you bounce back. I got to think 30 is a logical stopping point for this because that's where you had some support there. I'm ballparking it, but I'd say uh-huh. 30 bucks just rounding it you know, to that number. That's a logical stopping point. You're in a downtrend now is the problem. It's not clear sailing. You know, golf season, seasonality comes into play. We're coming out of golf season. You know, obviously in Florida, it's always golf season. But up in my neck of the woods, golf is getting towards the end of the season. So, you know, you got a month or two left and then it moves on. Golf stocks do better in the spring. So from a seasonality perspective. So I'm kind of not interested in this one right now. Uh, turning up. Uh, let's see. Uh, up, down day, up day, down day, up day. I don't know. Maybe we'll get another update here. Always important to hold the close. Right here, pretty uh, 29.24 uh, was the high from yesterday. Where'd you close? 29.09. This would be one if you hold 29 off the open, you poke your head through 29.46, maybe get a look at 30. Uh, under 29, I mean, you've had, uh, wow, since that low, you've had three higher lows. So that's a good sign for Callaway Golf. So, all right, I'm going to let you guys take it from here. Uh, I'm going to try and get all these symbols over on premarketprep.com and uh, 
Spencer, we'll we'll see you at three thirty. All right, uh, I'm going to bring on Peter Chur now, head of Macro Strategy at Academy Securities. Peter, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Oh wait, you're on mute. Let's unmute you here on the uh, the bottom of the screen. There we go. Oh no, still can't hear you. Let's try this. Me edit your mic settings. Nope, you're all good. Try switching your 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 mic input. That may be it. I have some questions prepared if I can uh, ever get Peter's audio. <laughs> Guys, Peter, uh, by the way, great follow on, on Twitter at TF Markets. Actually, no, it's TFMKTS. The, I'll, I'll put his handle up on the screen uh, here to follow Peter. He's a great follow at TFMKTS. That's his Twitter handle, Peter Chur. And if we can ever get his audio going, we will be able to. Uh, hey, I hear there some. We go. Good morning, Peter. How are we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Sorry about that. Somehow the yeah. AirPods weren't working today. That's all right. Uh, Bluetooth, am I right? Uh, let's. I want to ask you this question. Aside from the Fed and rates, you're a macro strategist. What macro storylines is the market focused on right now? I think increasingly we're focused on what's going to happen in DC and the infrastructure. Even if you go back to February of this year, there's a lot of questions. Why are rates so low? One thing that it's actually been tracking, I think, is disappointment with fiscal stimulus. And I expect there to be more bad news on fiscal stimulus come September, now that we've gone through this Afghanistan debacle. I expect there to be more. Speaking, yeah, speaking of Afghanistan, I mean, is, is that a thing that the market is, is really watching right now, do you think? Um, so I think Afghanistan itself. It's a bit of an issue, but behind the scenes, I think what I'm hearing is from people down in D.C., any hopes of kind of bipartisan work is kind of dissipating quickly. So I think Afghanistan is affecting the mood in D.C. It's affecting how the media is dealing with um, the Biden administration. So I don't think the market's yet thinking about that, but I expect in the coming week or two, that's the news stream that we're going to be focused on and that we should be pricing in now. So you want to get ahead of that, I believe. How much of these headlines, though, are just noise from the markets? You know, I think the Afghanistan itself is largely noise. It's going to be, does it affect what happens for fiscal stimulus? Does it push it further down the road? Does it make it smaller? That will be real for the markets. That's not yet being priced in, and I expect that is something that will get priced in in the coming weeks. So I want to be a bit cautious here because of that. The more fiscal stimulus? I mean... We didn't get enough. You know, the market at one point was expecting a trillion dollar bipartisan deal. That seems to have been dwindling and getting smaller. We're expecting <laughs> 3.5 trillion push through reconciliation. It's not even clear the Democratic Party has that together anymore. So I think we've priced in a lot of expected future fiscal stimulus and infrastructure spending that we may be shocked when we don't get anywhere near that amount. But we'll get something, right? And, well, that's something. But then again, I think a lot of that's priced in already. Okay. So moving to the Fed, and the, the, they seem to hint for the, a day or two that they were thinking about tapering. And then, no, nah, never mind. We're not really thinking about it yet. We'll let you know when we do. Is this going to be a case of, like, you think the Fed will just give us, like, a nice, a nice heads up on when, when that conversation is, go- is going to happen? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the tapering is already priced in. They've been signaling it for so long. I think people are kind of fed up talking about it. 
my expectation is they would have announced something a little bit more at Jackson Hole, the fact that it's a virtual event. I think they signal, and then at the September meeting, we actually get the tapering. I think it's going to be so slow that they taper and so drawn out, it's really not going to impact markets materially. All right, so what macro headlines are are you watching then if, if, if you think you think infrastructure is priced in you think tapering is priced in what is there anything not priced in you know I, I think we're all stuck here watching covid and what happens with the work from home versus reopening trade and that seems to be getting a little bit more push for the work from home type stocks right it feels like every company is now starting to delay plans for fully reopening their office so that should be good for those types of stocks. A little bit disappointing for the commodities and cyclicals that really were expected to benefit with the full reopening and with that fiscal stimulus. So again, I kind of want to underweight those a little bit right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, what's funny is we haven't been talking too much about COVID and the Delta variant as it relates to markets because the markets just keep on going higher. Frankly, the overall markets do. Um, something we've been asking every guest is what do you make of that? That dichotomy, the all-time highs in in the in the in the Nasdaq and the S and P, and so many stocks just so beaten down. It is strange, right? There's sectors. Um, a lot of the clients we talk to do merger ARB. Merger ARB had one of their worst months ever. Really? Um, partly because of Aon, partly some of these Chinese deals. So it's below the surface. I think there's much more volatility, much more opportunity. You want to capture those locations. I'm eyeing the Chinese digital stocks. I, you know, they're down 50% from their highs. I'm not, sh- you know, they traded well the last couple of days. I can't tell whether that's the real bounce or we have one more leg down as China continues to decouple. But I really do think you've got to look for these different sectors and you've got to be quick to rotate in and out because there is a really good traders market below the relative boring index numbers. What, what would, uh, Beast, I guess you'd be just be watching price action on China to to know whether because I've been thinking like, of course, PayWeb and all those and Baba and Baidu, of course they're going to rip higher twenty percent, and then they're then that's that's just a classic like fake out to me. But I don't actually know. I guess we'll we'll wait and see. I'm Um, meeting towards that with you. I think I'm watching very closely the shares outstanding, and so far that kind of continued to attract inflows during this whole you know sell off. It'll be interesting to see. What I'm looking for is I think we got this little pop. If it starts selling off, do we get the outflows? Then I think there's a lot more downside. If you keep getting some inflows, it's probably tradable for the next week or two. You're talking about KWeb. That's interesting because it almost mirrors, and I'll bring up the chart here, it almost mirrors what happened to Jets last year, right? When yeah. uh, the airlines, obviously, was it was like ground zero for, for COVID, right? And the Jets ETF was like taking in massive, massive amounts of inflows every single day because people, I guess, just wanted to buy the dip. Yeah. And, and KWeb is like the same concept, right? People have, they they see this and they think, oh, it, it can't keep going down forever, and they they come in and and and, and buy the dip. Um, interesting that that the trend is playing out again. I what, what does that tell you about like the the mood of the the psychology out there? Well, I do think there's a lot of investors, particularly small investors, who are looking for anything that they can play where you can double your money or you play it through options and you're trying to quadruple your money. So they gravitate to these high volatility kind of sectors. They look at this and I think the natural reaction is, well, if we can just get back to 100, I've doubled my money and I put some leverage on it. I've done extremely well. So I do think it tends to gravitate towards a certain type of trader. And that's why I... and. 
in this case, I think the fundamentals are that China is delinking from us. So I think there probably are more bad headlines. So you, I don't think we bottomed. We might have a tradable, you know, rally from here. I expect one more pretty good solid down leg. But that's the thing that caught my eye, right, is people really do gravitate to these high volatility things. They throw the money at it. It's interesting, you know, something to talk about. Hey, this could go up 50%, whereas it's probably hard to bet on Apple doubling at this date. Uh, is there any area of the market that, that you like right now? Any sub-area, sub-sector, industry? You know, I think logistics still, anything that can benefit from an increased manufacturing base in the U.S., so I think all the logistic companies are interesting. Anything, um, some of these, you know, temp hiring companies. Uh, I do believe we're going to see manufacturing growth in the U.S. I like a lot of the financials, especially the you know, non-traditional financials, as they will cater to people as we get this growing economy. So that's areas I'm looking at right now. You say non-traditional financials. What do you, you mean, like Square, Is SoFi? Yeah, and even some of the non-digital ones. There's you know lenders out there. I can't really talk about specific companies, but I think some of the non-traditional lenders could do very well in this environment. So, but yes, anything that it's going to benefit, especially from getting banking to more people. All right. Peter Chur is the head of macro strategy at Academy Securities at Twitter, uh, on Twitter at TFMKTS. I'll put it up on the screen. There it is. Peter, thanks a lot. Appreciate coming on. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.